Are you listening? <laughs> this is the sound of my country. This is the sound of Taiwan. Taiwan, a small island with a whole world of sounds. Welcome to Radio Taiwan International. I am Natalie So, and up this hour we have some great features for you. A cultural visa everywhere, our cultural feature, and also some beautiful Chinese music for you on jade bells and bamboo pipes. But first, join us for here in Taiwan. Welcome to Here in Taiwan. It's Wednesday, April 22nd. And in the studio, we have Paula Chow. Hello. And I am Natalie So. We'll be talking about a death cafe. And also, what it's like to live in a quarantine hotel. And Taiwan has rolled out an even more convenient way to buy face masks. We'll be telling you more about that. And also, Taiwan's 24-hour bookstore is closing very soon. Those stories and more coming up next. Okay, well, let's first talk about face masks. It's very exciting. I was so excited when I saw the news because I've been thinking that this every time I walk into a convenience store. Wouldn't it be nice if we can buy our face masks at a convenience store, which we have about 10,000 um, all throughout Taiwan. So um, beginning today, we can order them through a convenience store. And basically, the government has about three-day windows um, every every so often where you can order. And what you do is you go to the self-help, self-serving kiosk and bring your national health card. You order it, and then you pay for it on your way out the door. And then you can pick them up a couple weeks later. And oh. you have about two or three weeks to pick them up. You can also have them delivered to a PT Mart, which is one of our big grocery store chains, or a Simple Mart. This is just another, a new way to order face masks. What do you think about that, Paula? Well, I'm sure it's very, very convenient because in my neighborhood, I think um, the place where I live, there are three convenience stores all within walking distance. Oh, that's great. Right. So that's, I mean, there's more convenience stores than pharmacies. And when they first started coming out um, at pharmacies, there were really long lines. People would be waiting for maybe an hour, eight o'clock in the morning before it opens. You know, when I saw those lines, I'm like, I don't even want a face mask <laughs> But um, the lines have been getting shorter because Taiwan has rolled out different ways. Um, just about a month ago, we started doing online ordering where you can pick them up at um, convenience stores, but you have to order them online and they're a little bit complicated. You've been doing that, right? Yes. I order a f uh, face mask online uh, I, and I also waited in line in front of a pharmacy. I think the first time I waited there for about an hour and a half and I only got the two <laughs> face masks. I think that's oh a, uh, a month ago or two months that ago. That was in the very beginning. Right, but ago. right now, as you said, the lines are shorter and then and there is, I mean, I think we have 
enough face masks for everyone in Taiwan because Taiwan actually produces, I think, more than 10 million face masks a day. Right. So that's, I mean, we're really happy with the way the government has been doing this. And how is it ordering online? It seemed kind of complicated to me, so I haven't done it. I didn't do it myself. Oh, you know? yeah. <laughs> Someone helped me do okay, it. So, yeah. Right. I, I shouldn't think, be that hard, I think. I think basically you need to use an app, but you can only order for yourself. You can't order for your whole family. Right. You have to order f uh, for the person who um, owns that mobile phone. Mm -hmm. So, whereas if you go stand in line, you can pick up a uh, mask for two people at once. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's getting more and more convenient. We also have um, vending machines in Taipei and all the districts where you can buy masks every day. So it's becoming more and more convenient. Um, we're very happy about that. Um, thank you for our wonderful government. <laughs> so um, what we do, we also are requiring that people wear masks now in many places throughout Taiwan. And this includes night markets, shopping districts, banks, um, public transportation, and you can get fined if you don't wear a mask. Tell us more about one of the first people who got fined, Paula. Right. One woman who is in her 30s, um, she was fined uh, 3000 Taiwan dollars. That's about 100 US dollars for, uh, for refusing to wear a face mask when she was trying to, um, you know, get on the MRT. She would refuse or she just didn't have a mask she, on? She refused to do that. I don't know why, but, you know, um, but the, uh, so the uh, laws enforcement officials send her a citation. You know, she has to pay the fee uh, within a week. Because I don't know, I don't understand why she, you know, refused to do that because it's so convenient to get a face mask. It's not a problem. So I don't know why, but the government, um, you know, introduced a policy in early April that, you know, people who take public transportation, either it's MRT or, or bus, buses or trains. or trains, you have to wear a face mask. That's mandatory. Right. And also, well, she didn't even get the fine, uh, get fined the highest amount. The highest amount, I think, is 15000 which is about 500 US 500 dollars. US, yes, right. So, And what the government usually um, does is, you know, Law enforcement officials, they, um, they won't force people. They will, you know, they, usually they will talk to people, as, advise them to wear fa face masks. However, this woman, she refused to do that. So leaving um, you know, officials having no choice, so they have to give her a punishment. Hmm. So, I mean, I think people are being nice about it, right? Mm -hmm. they, they gave her a, a small fine, and um, they even asked her to do it, you know, and see if she would do it before they gave her a fine. Right. So I was on the bus um, the other day, and then there was a woman uh, who, you know, got on the bus, and then the uh, the bus driver told the woman, "Hey, young lady, you have to wear a face mask." So, um, you know, that woman agreed. So she looked at her, you know, she was trying to find the face mask, um, you know, in her um, in her bag, and she couldn't find it. And she said, "Oh, I forgot." got to, you know, bring wine with me. And then all of a sudden, there was another passenger, another female passenger said, well, I have an extra one here with me. You know, why don't you use this one? It's an extra one. So, oh, that was yeah. really nice. Yes. I actually, I saw something, I think, on Twitter where a foreigner was approached. I think this was in southern Taiwan. And people were giving free masks to foreigners. Oh. And this foreigner said, it's okay. I have a national health card. And the, and the guy still insisted that he take the mask, like two masks or something. And he mm -hmm. was like, he said, only in Taiwan. <laughs> 
where you, you know, be given free masks. And, and so anyway, uh, we're pretty happy the mask rationing system is getting better and better. subject of uh, disease prevention let's talk about what it's like to be at a quarantine hotel uh, well, uh, recently a local newspaper sent reporters to a quarantine hotel, and that hotel used to be a hostel, you know, for um, college students. And then, luckily, they allowed the reporters to see the facilities. The, the hotel is actually a, a, a very small hotel, and because um, our government officials require that only one person, because you are in quarantine, so one person in one room. And the, the room is kind of small. It has, um, it has very simple um, furniture, like a bed, a desk, uh, without refrigerators, no TVs. It's a very simple one, but it's, um, it's something that fits the requirement of our health, health officials. And then a, that reporter visited that um, you know, hotel, um, the quarantine hotel, and then uh, people there told him that they usually, uh, they will prepare um, like um, everything like shampoo, shower gel, and toilet paper, scrubbing bath for people who are kept in quarantine there. However, if that person leave quarantine, those, you know, they will throw away those objects completely. You know, you, mm-hmm. can, you can't leave that for you can't the, you can't share them with other share people, it yeah. with the next person. And also, um, you know, and then because they people there, they were kept um, in quarantine for 14 days. So, you know, one person, when he leaves quarantine, he went out and shouted to the whole world. I am free now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, you can't leave, right? You can't. You can't walk leave. out the door. At you all. can't walk out the door. Actually, um, these people they check into the quarantine hotel usually directly from the airport. They took a taxi, mm. a designated taxi, directly. So the taxi will send them directly from the airport to the quarantine hotel. And then once you got in there, um, they would t- um, check your body temperatures. That's the first time the person who is kept in quarantine, you know, talked to uh, the hotel. Um, hotel staff there and the second time they meet is you know that person leaves quarantine so during 14 days they they won't see each other they use instant messaging app line to talk to to communicate with each other but that's that's all so can people bring them food or things like that i don't think so they will bring the food um during meal time Uh, they'll put the food um in front of the door and after um, the delivery guy they, uh, leaves the door. They will notify the guests that, well, your food is there. Now now you can open the door. Oh, so you can't eat anything no, more. No right. Than no, what they offer you. I wonder right. if they give people enough. You know? <laughs> I think there's probably. Uh, yeah, I think there is enough. And they also they give you some fruit to make sure that you eat healthy food and to make sure that the food is able to help boost your immune system. Hmm. Right. Sounds good. Well, Taiwan's been doing a great job with quarantine people and, and tracing all the contacts. So mm-hmm. I think that I'm sure it's um, it's a pretty decent place to live yeah. in. What do you know about Taiwan? I know who the president is. What about their local music and food? Well, hmm. What do you suggest? Tune in to Radio Taiwan International. Here at RTI, we offer the authentic Taiwan experience. You hear the sound of remote attractions, the local food, music, the lives of real Taiwanese as they live it. Visit english.rti.org.tw. Listen to the real Taiwan.
theme cafe called Death Cafe. Tell us about this, Paula. Well, actually, that was originated in the UK in 2014. That cafe is actually a cafe, a place where people get to get to talk about death. You know, it's a subject that's it's a taboo in Taiwan. Especially, you don't want to talk to your You know, elderly parents, you know, senior citizens about the issue. But anyway, um, in Taiwan, um, there is one woman. She Guo Huijun. She introduced a death cafe to Taiwan in in 2014, and then since then she has held over 300 events. Now she invited people to talk about to, to talk about their death, to talk about their fears, to talk about you know what do they want. If they're about to die, like what kind of what kind of funerals, what、oh. kind of clothes that they want to wear?、Oh, uh, she introduced the desk cafe is because has something to do with her father because she said her her father passed away in 2011, and fortunately before he passed away, he had a chance to talk to him and said、um, she the woman said to his father. Um, I want to do some research about death. Is it possible that you know we to talk about this issue? And his,、um, her father agreed. And her father talked about a lot of things: his end of life care, funerals, what kind of clothes.、Uh, he said he he wanted to wear a suit. No, when he when he died. So、um, you know he he gave. He's got a lot of information. So he was when he passed away. You know the whole family members. You know trusted. Um, you know that woman because you know she knows what、um, her father wants the most. Wow! Right. So this is a place.、Um, you know, she actually turned her, her own apartment into a death cafe. Invited people to talk about the issue, and they also, you know, offer counseling to people who lost their、uh, lost their family members.、Mm, well, that's great. I think that you know grief counseling is necessary, and, and death is a part of life. So. It's good that、uh, there is a place where people can talk about it, you know, and and probably not be judged, right? And, and to where that kind of conversation is is open and welcome. Right. She's actually a life education、um, teacher. She has written quite a few books about uh, about um, you know funerals, about、uh, life and death for you know Taiwan's education ministry. And she said that life is kind of short. If you want to do something, do it now. Don't wait until. No, maybe tomorrow, next、right. month. Who knows what will happen? Right, that's true. Especially as we face a pandemic, right? So we right. really should cherish whatever opportunity we have to do whatever we want to do. Very interesting cafe. Taiwan, I think, was a pioneer in a very special kind of bookstore、um, in. About twenty years ago,、um, Elite, which is a really beautiful bookstore, is kind of like a cultural icon here in Taiwan now.、Um, it's a bookstore chain, and inside the bookstore, not only are there hundreds of thousands of books, but there are also, you know, cafes and boutiques and、um, venues for, you know, cultural events and 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 the like. And its very first twenty-four hour bookstore is going to close soon、um, at the end of May. And because the building itself is going to be、um, under urban renewal, oh, so they rented the building, so it's not their building. And what they're planning to do, and they're going to announce this week, actually, that they're going to turn one of their other stores to a twenty-four hour bookstore. And they have、um, uh, put on line, you know, vote for your the one that you want. 
to be calm 24 hours. So we don't know the answer yet, actually. <laughs> we'll know in a day or two, sometime this week. And But um, have you been to that bookstore? Yes, um, quite a few times, but uh, I guess but the last time I went there, maybe two years ago, I don't remember. Yeah, it's been a while, because there's one closer to my you know, home, the Xing mm-hmm. e-bookstore, which is the biggest one. Everybody wants that one to be, I mean, that's the number one in terms of popularity. People want that one to be the 24-hour one, but that is the biggest one, and I just wonder about the logistics of it all. Because it's not only the bookstore that has to become 24-hour, right? It's, it's all the stores inside, so that means every vendor will have to have another shift, right? At least an overnight shift. Mm. So that's just a lot of um, personnel. But um, so I wonder if it's going to be the biggest store or one of the smaller stores. They're also thinking of Nanshi. But, um, you know, Elite has become very popular. It's even expanded all the way to Hong Kong and to China and also in Tokyo. So um, Suzhou Sunzun has one, Hong Kong has two, a uh, three, and Tokyo has one as well. So it's it's become quite a symbol of culture in Taiwan. It's a place. It's also a place for you know hipsters. You know that's it's right. A bookstore that has you know not just books. It has everything. You know, um, it, it. I think it has some boutique shops. Uh, pastries, coffee right. shops, everything. Right. It's, it has the latest, you know, trendy things, mm-hmm. gadgets. And it's just a fun place to walk around. And you kind of feel good about yourself when you're in there, like you're doing something cultural or something. <laughs> you know, I think it's a, it's a great place to be, you mm-hmm. know, um, for people. And a lot of times you, you may come across a book as well. A lot of people are in there reading. Mm. They have a lot of great places, you know, um, tables and uh benches and people and they're also the floors are also wooden people even sit on the floors on the stairs to read so it's it's a very pleasant atmosphere and it's a great place to discover books and new gadgets and and things like that or to hang out with friends well it has i think it has you know all kinds of books even different different genres and some books are in english i I remember someone uh, you know telling me that oh i couldn't even believe that i you know i find the book uh, in Taiwan, and, and it's also in English. Hmm. Right. So, yeah, it has a very wide selection of right. books. It's great. I mean, you, w- one floor may be dedicated to just three different types of books, right? History mm-hmm. and then um, languages and health and things like that. So there's so many books to choose from, and then a lot of really interesting stores, unique stores inside. So anyway, we hope that... Um I hope that it, there's one near my home, <laughs> even though I usually don't go out in the middle of the night, but <laughs> I think that's pretty cool. Anyway, um, that's it for you uh, for today for Here in Taiwan, and do stay tuned for Cultural Visa Everywhere and Jade Bells and Bamboo Pipes. For Here in Taiwan, I'm Natalie So. And I'm Paula Chow. We will see you next time. The sound of the Puyuma tribe on Radio Taiwan International.
Cultural visa everywhere. I am Auntie RTI. There is Taiwanese opera from Formosa, our beautiful island. There is opera from the Western world. Well, Auntie RTI adores Taiwan. She is cosmopolitan. With her historian-like knowledge, Auntie RTI likes to talk about stories from all over the world. Dun 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 Oh, fashion news. After you went for a business trip in Russia, what you're singing becomes different too. Yeah, this trip gives me a bigger world view. It's so cold in Russia. Were you not cold? No worries. After this trip, I found drinking a bit vodka can make you warm. Wow, vodka is often used to mix with other alcoholic drinks. Wow, you are so knowledgeable. Of course. I fled to Kingman in the past for an interview of the sorghum liquor winery. In terms of the origin of Kingman sorghum liquor, the story is quite fascinating. Around 1950s, General Hu Lin was stationed in Kingman. General, the rice from Taiwan isn't enough. What if we just eat sorghum from here? We're all used to rice. Besides, we cannot pay the soldier's salary. What should we do? There is so much sorghum in our warehouse. Yes, I noticed that Bossier from KKL, the winery, can earn a lot. Every month there is a budget of 100,000 empty dollars for the liquor from Taiwan. If we can save this budget for rice, we can sell sorghum liquor to make more money. Hurry, ask boss yet to come. Yes, sir. Boss Yer, why is your sorghum liquor very delicious? The key is the boar's yeast. The wheat is grinded into large round pieces and compressed into the shapes of bricks. After adding some water, they will be covered inside through steamers for fermentation. With the pass of time and the lid uncovered, things will be cool. By covering the lid again, the steamers become hot. I observe the transition of coolness to heat of the steamers daily. I see. You are really an expert. It is the best that the government can build this winery, brewing liquor and selling it ourselves. Why don't we hide you as a technical leader of this project? Um, I can hardly make enough sorghum liquor for the market. The sorghum grown is not enough. I will let the citizens to trade rice by offering us sorghum, kilo to kilo. That way, I'm sure they will keep growing sorghum. Uh, however, the spring water near my home is the only way to make good sorghum liquor. Not a problem. We will establish the winery near your home. It's convenient for you to go to work. Oh, uh, well... Okay, deal. From there was one order from the military saying that civilians should not open winery themselves. Mr. Ye lost his own winery and went from a boss to an employee. It's stealing. 
Oh, during that period of time, Bao Xian and his family would have to bear with everything. Presently, KKL is an important source of economy in Kingman and one important tourist attraction. I feel that those who enjoy sorghum liquor are older generations. By contrast, with its variation, vodka can become cocktail. Our domestic sorghum liquor has a special size too. Vodka is also distilled with many ingredients. Kingman sorghum liquor, on the other hand, smells good and is sweet after the first taste. It can also be ingredients of many products. Hmm, it's so true. I'll recommend my foreign friends to have some Kingman sorghum liquor. <laughs> okay, Kingman sorghum liquor is with 38% or 58% alcohol inside. Quite strong and not allowed for minors. We should not drive after taking alcohol either. That was Cultural Visa Everywhere by RTI. Explore the beauty of Chinese and Taiwanese traditional music on jade bells and bamboo pipes. Hello and welcome to this week's Jade Bells and Bamboo Pipes. I'm Carlson Wong and on today's show, we're listening to Erhu music performed by Wang Mingyu with Taiwan Jazz Music Philharmonic Orchestra. And the first piece is The Summer Sky. The sound of Westminster Bell has spread to every corner of school campuses in Taiwan and become everyone's childhood memory. This piece begins with the bell's ringtone as a metaphor of class dismissal and unfolds the theme, which takes the last two sentences of the ringtone as the bone frame to develop. As fresh as a child tune, the music expresses the pure and wonderful time and childhood fun. Thank you. 
That was the summer sky performed by Wang Ming Yu with Taiwan Jazz Music Philharmonic Orchestra. And next, let's hear the majestic. This piece is inspired by the rhythm of flamenco dance and Spanish bullfight. In the first and last part of the music, the rhythms are intense with strong competitive sense. In the middle section of the music, the style turns noble and elegant by using the large skilled gliding sentences.
Taiwan International. And again, you're listening to Jade Bells and Bamboo Pipes. I'm Carlson Wong, and today we feature Erhu Music performed by Wang Mingyu with Taiwan Just Music Philharmonic Orchestra. Wang Mingyu's learning of the Erhu instrument was initiated by Lin Jiangshan and Ong Zhide, and his talent has been discovered in his young years and earned him numerous music competition awards and honors since then. In 1992, Wang Mingyu graduated from Chinese Culture University Department of Chinese Music under Master Li Zhengdong. And in 1995, Wang Mingyu received master's degree. Wang Mingyu has been invited to perform with Strauss Festival Orchestra of Vienna and had the first ever the Butterfly Lovers Erhu and Violin Duo Concerto version recorded.
the Spring Sorrow, the original tune is a famous Baekwon melody. It has been seen that people add lyrics to the tune as well. The lyrics describe a young wife thinking of her husband who is away without sending a message back. The melody is very simple but extremely touching. And coming up next is a classic from Taiwan. This is Recalling the Past. This is a Taiwanese folk tune by the amateur musician Chen Da, who is famous for the deep love toward the hometown. The tune is unadorned and sincere, and in this arranged version, the arranger adopts a regular pattern of notes to depict the train proceeding. In the end of the music, the improvised solo of Da Guangxuan is a recall of the past from the deepest of the heart. So what is Da Guangxuan? Da Guangxian is a Chinese boat two-string musical instrument in the Huqin family of instruments, according to the Wikipedia, held on the lap, played upright, and is used primarily in Taiwan and Fujian among the Hakka and Minan peoples.
have enjoyed listening to Wang Mingyu's beautiful moment with Erhu, with Taiwan Jazz Music Philharmonic Orchestra. Thank you for listening. For comments and suggestions, please write to PO Box One Two Three Taipei Taiwan, or better yet, you can write an email. Our email address is rti at rti. .or.tw And again, RTI is short for Radio Taiwan International. I'm Carlson Wong. Again, thank you for your company. I'll see you next week. Thank Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC, on 9405 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC, on 9405 kHz. And in Southeast Asia, from 0300 to 0400 UTC, on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia, from 0300 to 0400 UTC, on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.